All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the show. I appreciate you. It's Friday, Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day is coming up, so I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers that are out there taking care of their responsibilities and nurturing those children, providing structure, balance, and nurture. As my hat especially goes off to those single, single mothers that are raising those boys, too. It's not easy. It is certainly not easy. My heartfelt condolences goes out to all the mothers that have, that have lost their loved ones to drug violence, gang violence, police brutality, black-on-black crime, or any type of crime. My heartfelt condolences goes out to you. For the mothers that have lost a child from cancer or any other type of uh, life-threatening disease, my heart and my condolences goes out to you. I lost my sister almost four years ago to stage four pancreatic cancer. A Mother's Day as we once knew it will never be the same for my family. So my heart goes out to my mother and my family. We will be doing a special show for Mother's Day in honor of my sister April Riley. And on the 18th of May, which marks our fourth year anniversary, we will do another special show for her as well. So again, uh, all of the listeners, we thank you so much for your support. We thank you for always tuning in week after week. We thank you. I don't think we can thank you enough. I do this. Because I affirm in creating a platform for other men and women to speak about injustices. This platform is created for you. Through this platform, we all have a voice. Through this platform, we are many. This is your show. And I want to thank you all for always tuning in and supporting your show. We could not do this without you. We could not be on the platforms that we are on without your support, without your love, without your listenership, without your financial contributions and donations. In order for us to continue doing the great work that we are doing for you, we are asking for you to make a donation today. We are asking for your support. We are asking for you to continue sharing our show on your social media. I'll be providing you that information um, later on in the show where you can make your donations to as well. We have the Honorable Laninia Kisson on the line. For those of you that have any questions or comments for myself or for the judge, if those of you are on the line and you have an additional question or comment, we can certainly come back to you. Judge Joe Brown will be joining us momentarily. I see that I also have my mom on the line, so mom, I want to say I see you. Uh, my family from Virginia is on the line. So it's always a pleasure when I have family members calling in and just to listen. Uh, they may not, not always have something to say, and that's fine. But just to know that you have someone in your life that's supporting you, that means a lot. That means a hell of a deal. It's Friday, y'all. It's Friday. The Honorable Lanina Kaysen back on the line. Hey, Judge Kaysen. So let's talk about child support and this stimulus check. 
the question that we have regarding the stimulus check, whether or not the stimulus check is supposed to be or should be intercepted by the IRS and made uh, payable to, uh, to their child support, or is the stimulus check simply for that person, that custodial parent, and it's off limits. No one is supposed to touch, touch that for child support purposes. Is that the case or is that not the case? Um, maybe. It's, it's, a lot of people want to know if you owe child support, will your federal stimulus rebate check be applied to your arrears? Um, and maybe. Federal law and regulations determine when federal payments are intercepted and applied to uh, child support. Um, if um, the parent or if the child is receiving government assistance, then the total amount of past due support on all of your child support cases must be at least $150. Um, if TANF uh, or government assistance has not been received for your child, then the total amount of past due support um, on all of your child support cases must be at least $500. Um, so it 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 would it would um it would depend um so if there's money owed to the state then the stimulus payments um uh up to the amount owed to the state will be retained by the state um and the remainder of money will be sent to that person up to the amount of the unassigned arrears owed um um by well owed to that to the custodial parent by the non custodial parent so the remainder of the money that will be sent to you um up to the amount of of the unassigned arrears owed to you um by the non custodial parent um and the um and the amount of money that you are entitled to receive would depend on a number of factors, including the amount of the the stimulus rebate um, payment intercepted, the amount owed to you in your case, um, and the number of other child support cases in which the non-custodial parent owes child support. Um, so, and and you must have a full service case open with the child support division to be entitled to receive any money. Um, from an intercepted federal stimulus rebate payment. Okay. So our listeners, thank you so much, Judge Kaysen, for for answering that question. Our listeners have an additional question regarding that. It's a follow-up question or a comment and a question. So the comment is they did receive a stimulus check in the amount of $2,200, which was directly deposited into their bank account. That specific bank account was closed or is currently closed. They uh, they were told that since that bank rejected that stimulus check because of because it being in a closed status, then they will receive a mail uh, a mail in check to their last known address wherever they file their their taxes. Uh, so the question goes on to ask since this. Since the funds were deposited into my bank account and rejected, 
mailed in to me, why did I receive a letter from the IRS saying that the $2,200 that was once deposited into a closed bank account has recently been submitted to child support as payment? But that was the question. Um, and the simple answer is I don't know. Uh, they would they would they would have to contact the IRS. Um, and again, um, federal law requires child support agencies to have procedures to collect past due child support from federal tax refunds. So if you're under a child support order and you owe arrears and especially if that child is receiving government assistance, um, then you may not be um, entitled to that entire 2200 um, if if you have at least that much in arrears. Um, but the, the quick is I would contact the IRS to to see what the what the mix up is and you know see if you can't get your money. But if you owe child support, you might you might be dead in the water. Thank you so much, Judge Kaysen, for answering that question for our uh, listener. Um, yeah, I'm not certain how that works. Um, I was under the impression that that was a separate type of ordeal um, from the federal government. No, one's, no one was supposed to touch any of that money, so I didn't have an answer for our uh, listener. So I'm glad that you clarified that. And, you know, um, yeah, this is the first time that something like this has ever transpired, you know, with a, with a stimulus check being issued to the American people. So um, I think it's definitely worth uh, looking into a little bit further. Um, especially if we don't, you know, know 100% if that is how that's supposed to, how that is supposed to transpire. Uh, guys, we have Judge Joe Brown on the line, Judge LaNina Kaysen. I will be opening up Judge Joe Brown's line in just a few moments. Judge Joe Brown just came from another show, guys. He had a uh, prior obligation, as I stated before, so I'd like to brief the judge on what we have talked about, what we are currently talking about, um, so he can be kept up to speed. So, uh, Judge, I had posed a question earlier. Why has there been an attack on the black family structure or on the family structure? Um, I followed up with this question, uh, Judge Joe. What is your opinion or comment on the assault on the black man, black manhood, and black masculinity? Those were the two questions that I asked at the top of the show. Now we are discussing stimulus check and child support. So that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, what we still need to talk about um, is alienation, father's rights, and visitation. So those are the remaining topics that we have that we'd like to get into. And we know that there may be some time constraints for some of our listeners and our guests on the show. So with no further ado, Judge Joe Brown, I am coming to you. And 
formally introducing you to the Honorable Leninia Kaysen. And then we'll, we'll check the lines for questions or comments. Right answer on that. All right. Judge, Judge Joe, your line is open now. Your line is open okay. now. We, we didn't hear you. Hello, everybody. And Your Honor, I've been listening to your response on that thing about the attachment of the stimulus checks. Now, first off, I don't know if they do it in your state, but for the 30 years or so that I went to judicial conferences, every year we'd get into statistics. And the group that statistically pays their child support better than any other are black men, all right? They set this up, and it started in the early 80s when they started saying it was a national trend of let's get child support paid, so let's attach um, income tax refunds, stuff like that, so we can get it to the children. Well, it's... What's going on right now, and if you've got arrearages or an allegation that there's an arrearages, it's an attachment. If there's nothing you can contest, then it got diverted. That's by federal law. It gets dumped. But now you mentioned something else. It's called alienation. Now, the law is interesting because everything in the law has two edges. It cuts both ways. It's a two-edged sword, they say. In certain areas, Cobb County, Georgia being one of them, with that county intruding into metropolitan Atlanta, there is a scam that uh, gay guys are pulling off, and that is one of them tells a typically upscale black woman who's a professional making six figures a year or so that he's had a vasectomy, he wants to get married, they have sex, she gets prego, then he immediately files for custody and support. We find out he's not making any money, he's flat broke, busted, he's something like a gym instructor or a trainer or something, typically. He's got a boyfriend that takes care of him, and what they do is they snatch the child, they give the child to the gay couple, and the sister winds up paying child support, and if anybody squawks about it, they scream alienation. Everything that's a cover for the overt racism and bigotry becomes labeled as alienation. So just be aware of the fact, and I mention that because it's a particularly egregious situation in Cobb County, Georgia. That's also the county where Stone Mountain is located. And Judge, Stone repeat Mountain that. Judge, repeat that if you can, because you went in and out. Judge Joe, if you could repeat that, because you went dead silent for a moment. If you okay. could repeat that statement you were making about alienation. Thanks. Okay. See, anything in the law is a two-edged sword. It can be used both ways. Now, alienation is an important concept for fathers who have typically been excluded from proper consideration. I also mentioned that Black men are the demographic that pays their child support most regularly in America. But a lot of people, including um, Barry Obama, um, claimed otherwise. But anyway, that's not the case. We pay it best. 
But when they withhold, that is part of a process that started in the early 80s as a national convention to make sure the child support was paid. So it's either an attachment to get your attention if you are allegedly in arrears or you just aren't getting it if you in fact are. Now, Cobb County, Georgia, which intrudes in the metropolitan Atlanta is a classic case of the other side of the two-edged sword being used. What happens there is there is a group of gay men who run scams on particularly black women. The black woman may be a professional with six figures. Her biological clock is ticking. So the guy, he's white typically, maybe not. And he's typically something like a gym trainer or something like that. He tells her he's had a vasectomy. He wants to get married. She gets pregnant. And the first thing that happens when the child is delivered is the father files for custody and child support. It turns out he has no money, but he's being financed by his gay lover. And in Cobb County, they've got a racket in the child support, child custody courts. And they've got guardian ed items and people that are appointed to represent folk. And they wind up billing the woman or the guy for more than that person's lawyer is charging. And invariably, the worst case scenario happens and the gay couple gets the child and the straight woman winds up paying them child support. 2500 3000 a month, and it was all a scam, and what they used to cover the outright racism or sexism that's involved in Cobb County, Georgia, with claiming alienation if anybody squawks about it. So see, whenever you want something done in law, be aware that the sword can swing the other way. So it, it is a problem. One of the things that most impacts black people is we've always been the guinea pig for society. Fifty-some years ago when I was an undergrad at UCLA, I heard this group preach long and loudly and also on other campuses about they were going to take over media, politics, and the entertainment industries, and they would control what got heard, what got shown as entertainment, and what the results were going to be politically, and they've done that. And black men were looked at as the worst of the bunch of men. Masculinity in general was supposed to be toxic, and black men more so than any other group. So they wanted to make an example of black men and destroy them. They were going to destroy the black families, not so much because it was initially targeted at blacks, but because a lot of the lesbian slash feminist supporters back 50-some years ago decreed that being married was a form of outright slavery for women, so they were going to destroy the institution. So us, again, being the guinea pigs for society, we have seen families and black communities destroyed. We have a horrible problem in our communities where there are no traditional families, courtesies, work habits, uh, outlooks on life, they're determined by traditional families. And when you don't have traditional families, the children become adults who do not have an appropriate outlook or worldview. And that's what we see reflected. 
I would just limit my initial comments to that. Hello? Oh, I, I totally agree with you, Judge. It's good being on the phone with you. I always admired you from afar, from on TV. Haven't seen much of you on TV. I do see you in commercials in the St. Louis area. Um, for uh, Is it Brown and Crouppen? Um, That's so right. I, and by the way, I'll, I'll give it to you. I edit who I, well, I'm discriminatory about who I'll do ads for. They impressed me because you've got a little suburban area outside of St. Louis that was the scene of an uproar. And it seems like nobody could find a black lawyer to do stuff, so they set up an office to do pro bono. And I thought that was a good thing to do. And too many young black lawyers these days are turning the profession into a business, and it's all supposed to be about making money, and nobody gives back, and they forget that some of the civil rights that they think are passe issues impact them too. Right here in the Memphis-Shelby County area, there was an attack on the voting machines. The feds came in in 2008, put the money up, to replace every one of them. They said they were too corrupted to have a fair election. So this black guy, good brother, run, was running for sheriff. The local trial courts ruled in his favor that the machines were corrupted and opened up for a new election. Um, the election commission appealed the result, and all the black lawyers wanted him to give him them an $80,000 retainer to take the case. And I'm chastising them like, fool, don't you vote here too? Why are you charging this man something that he can't come up with? You ought to be doing it pro bono. Well, Judge, it's just about money. It's not like in your day. Well, it is. But see, that was a few years ago before the recent uh, revelations have gotten in place. See, it's dangerous out there. America is what it is, and as long as black folks serve this function for the country, which is we are its scapegoats, even if nominally only vicarious scapegoats. So when things get tense and people have a lot of frustration and aggression to relieve, they can displace it on black people. And the rest of the country, excluding us, can be more cohesive. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... There's a big problem here in the East St. Louis, um, St. Clair County area. And now that I'm off the bench, you know, I have uh, much more of a, a voice to um, speak on a lot of the injustice and inequities that are happening here. Um, we are 90%, uh, 99% um, African-American city with about uh, 26,000 residents and um, all black people pretty much vote Democrat. So everybody outside of East St. Louis, um, you know, the, the non-black community, um, you know, they're either Democrat or Republicans, but the Democrats can always count on that 26,000 or so votes um, to get them over the top um, to run the county, but yet 
Uh, we have no hospitals for our residents, um, no businesses, no solid economic base. The school districts are um, being underserved, and it's just um, it's it's. I mean, it's like you know you're stuck. You go to you go out to school, you come back, you want to make change, um, and then if you voice out, you know then the the fix is in for you. So a lot of people are kind of muffled and um, don't want to speak on the glaring disparities in the communities, the glaring disparities in the funding, um, and it's just um, it's just a shame. And um, it's, it's wasted talent um, that that we have here. And um, I wish that uh, things could be different. Um, but I can't do it alone. Um, so, you know, you just have to sit back and, and hope that um, that things change. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly on a, a mission to raise awareness and, and get people woke um, about the injustices that, and the inequalities um, that, that's going on um, in the Metro East uh, East St. Louis area. So um, I, I do appreciate um, this this platform to share with you and to talk about fathers' rights, to talk about um, you know civil rights issues and 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 the like. So um, it's all good. Yeah. By the way, that's Ferguson I was talking about in this game to me. But you know what? You're right, Judge. Uh, part of this whole problem is that over the last 50 years, we have been taught to glorify dysfunction. That's part of what I heard them talk about in Hollywood with the distinct purpose of saying, if we take these black folk and we show them uh, entertainments that make what they are all right. We don't have to worry about them being aspirational, and they will flop. And they used to say something interesting. It's just like, can you imagine a preacher, how big his congregation would be if he told his congregationers it was okay to commit sin so long as they believed? And by the way, I've heard a lot of that in black churches over the last 30-some years, but that's what it is. See, we are into dysfunction, and we have an educational system that is no longer what it used to be, where people are not taught to critically analyze uh, and think about certain things. We have a dysfunctional, we have a dysfunctional educational system. Yes, and it's for white. See, it started off in the white side of things when the religious right got too much control and they didn't want anybody to interfere with beliefs, you see. So they started this insane nonsense, a dumbing down education, like with this COVID-19 thing. I find it very disturbing because a lot of answers to what's going on or a lot of questions that are being asked now wouldn't be asked if they had 
the fifth grade education I got back in the 1950s about biology. They certainly wouldn't be asked if they got what I got in the 11th grade in the early 60s. But it's like, what are you going to school for? People get all these degrees, but they don't have common sense. Judge, uh, one old lawyer at a joint bench and bar conference I was at said, God damn, we go and pick the law students at the top of their class, pay them good money, and they come in and they can research stuff, but they they can't get it. And I told one of them, I said, damn, son, any fool can go look up a case. You're in it because you're supposed to exercise common sense. What the hell's wrong with you? Don't you have any? Yeah, but you see, that's the way it goes. And 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 I would and I would uh, say if if this was a, a street situation, and and we understand what what goes on in the street, if somebody was jipping us or taking advantage of us or um, getting things from us and we're not getting anything in return, it would be a problem. It'd be a whole nother ball game. It'd be a whole nother ball game. And so, but that's not how we look. We, we're so uh, restrained and constrained in our thinking that we don't think outside of our, of our own homes. You know, we're not community-oriented. It's all about, well, I'll do this if you get my cousin a job. But, you know, the community doesn't have a hospital. Um, you know, I, we can do this if, you know, such and such can get this position or, you know, such and such can, can do this, but um, there are no jobs in the community. Nobody's really rallying for, you know, big business to come in the minority community. Nobody's doing any of that. And we have all these fraternities and sororities, and, you know, each of us are are doing different things, isolated things to help the community, but as a whole as a black community, there is no unity. Forward, it's it's no unity. No unity and within the community. No unity within the community, and um, it's it's sad. And I'm hoping that in my lifetime, I haven't reached fifty yet, but I get to see, you know, the dream realized. You know, of 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 some sort of equality because it's constant state of poverty, this constant state of joblessness, this constant state of violence each and every day, and it's become the norm. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it, nobody thinks about it. Everybody's, you know, thinking about what we're going to wear tomorrow, what we're going to do tomorrow. Um, nobody's really, really concentrating on what's going on in our community. It's going to be messed up for our future generations um, because they're not going to have anything to to uh to work with um if 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 us my generation and and younger um don't come together and figure out this thing on on how we can we can aspire definitely if thank I you might. so much judge we're going to take if a quick break we're going to take a break okay. and then we'll come back with that comment we're going to take a break, guys. Uh, you're listening to the King Yah Speaks show. And joining us is our most honored guest, the Honorable Lanina Kaysen and the Honorable 
Judge Joe Brown. We'll be right back, guys, with more. Thank you.